On today's episode of Mind Reading Marketing, I'm chatting with Kristen Marquet, owner of Marquet Media LLC. Kristen has been a publicist for more than 14 years, and she's here today to talk about the basics around creating PR campaigns for your business and how PR can help position you as an expert in your vertical. Let's jump in. Hi, I'm Isabel Kateman, and I own Stripe Dog Creative. We build beautiful brands and highly strategic websites for six-figure online service providers and course creators looking to reach seven figures and beyond. I'm excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast, where we let go of the bullshit and deliver valuable information quickly. From practical marketing strategy to self-care for CEOs, tune in each week to go deep on one specific topic and get actionable advice you can use to grow your business even further. Let's jump in. Hi, Kristen. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've been waiting for this opportunity, so I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. Yeah, I'm really excited in what we're going to talk about today, but why don't you start us off by telling us just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and who you serve? Sure. So I have been a publicist and I've had a PR firm for the last 15 years in New York City. Throughout the last 15 years, we've worked with thousands of clients from everybody from the 21-year-old bootstrapped fashion designer, just right out of school, to Fortune 500 companies in all industries. But over the last five years or so, we've really narrowed our focus and we're working with fashion, beauty, lifestyle brands, as well as female entrepreneurs. That seems to be a huge sweet spot for us. Yeah, that's great. And tell me a little bit quickly how you got to where you are, how you started your business, what your journey was. Sure. So, you know, I had worked for one of the big management consulting firms in New York City. I was there for four years, but during the financial crisis, my office had closed. Lo and behold, everybody in my office lost their job. So at that point, I was kind of left holding the bag thinking, do I get a job or do I start a business? And I started a business and, you know, I haven't looked back. It's, I've had some rough times, but you know, it's been worth it. Yeah, definitely. And so let's start sort of quickly with just clarifying, because I feel like PR is a term that gets thrown around so much. And I think people don't realize that it's not necessarily synonymous with like digital marketing or paid opportunities. So why don't we just quickly start by talking a little bit about exactly what PR is? Well, first of all, it's not advertising. With advertising, you can control the message, where the message goes, the frequency of the message, and the audience. Whereas with PR, it's earned media. It's that getting that third-party endorsement from an editor or a television show. And it's much more credible than advertising. A lot of entrepreneurs can do it on their own. A lot of smaller, you know, companies that are at the 500K range and higher may need to outsource it because obviously the more things you want to promote, the more thought leadership you want to try to get for yourself or a book, become a speaker you know, you're going to need a team behind you kind of pushing out whatever it is you're trying to promote. Yeah. And so what are the benefits of first having a PR strategy for your business, but then once you've developed that PR strategy, bringing on someone like yourself who really knows the field and can really help you versus trying to do it yourself? Well, I mean, I think that having a team do it for you, obviously, you know, your team will have more relationships with the media. You know, you'll have a bigger team. You'll have 
a better strategic approach, but that doesn't mean that, you know, a company that's doing seven figures a year can't do it themselves. You know, I have a very good friend of mine who's actually a celebrity chef here in New York city, and she has a small team company to seven figures a year, and she does all of her own PR and she's on the today show all the time. So it can be done. It's just, you have to be willing to put in the time and the effort to do so. Yeah. I think a lot of that comes from networking, which is obviously such a big part of just owning a business in general. I'm sure similar to me, most of your clients come from networking, but I think, you know, back in my days when I was doing PR at advertising agencies, it was all about the relationships and it was things that you wouldn't even necessarily think are sort of quote unquote working. It's like getting drinks with people and just starting to get to know them on a more personal level. Because then when you do reach out to those people, it makes it so much easier if you have something that you're hoping that they'll be interested in covering versus sort of a cold pitch. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, so having those relationships definitely helps to at least start the conversation, but it's not completely necessary. Back My first job out of college, before I went into management consulting, I was actually marketing manager for a law firm and everything was done over telephone. It was very seldom we would pitch via email and there was no social media. So the only way to connect with these editors, one of two ways, over the telephone or in person. So I think, you know, a hundred years ago when I got into the industry, you know, having that background And knowing how to pitch yourself came in handy. But with email and social media today, you have all these tools and these forms of communication. Right. It's not necessary, you know, for you to meet with this person or meet with this journalist because you have email, you have video, you know. I mean, there are all these tools that are available that weren't available then. Yeah. And so when you're putting together, a PR strategy, if this is something that either people want to either come to you for or do want to do on their own, when you're putting it together, are there certain things that you recommend or a certain place someone is in their business before you recommend starting to do PR? Yeah. Well, I think anybody at any point can start doing PR for themselves or for their business or their products or services but you need to know what your objectives are. So that's the first thing, you know, set out what your objectives are. Then obviously, once you know what they are, that's going to dictate the rest of your strategy. For a company that wants to bring on a PR firm, it's hard to tell the exact time, but I would say financially, once you get to that quarter of a million point, then you're probably, you have an extra three or $4,000 a month to dedicate to PR solely. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I know you talk a lot about like knowing three things about your business. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So you need to know, I mean, it's really two things, but the, I would say more importantly, it's what makes you credible and what makes you newsworthy. You know, the newsworthy piece is announcing the launch or announcing something that is going to be interesting to the media. The other piece is the credible piece. Look at what your credibility markers are. And anything like experience, education, job, any books you've written, whether you've spoken at conferences, all those things are what make you credible and seem attractive to everybody else out there. So you really have to be smart and strategic with how you want to pitch yourself and your business. 
Yeah. And so in that same vein, you talk about how PR is more credible, you know, earned media versus paid media with advertising. Talk a little bit about that. How does PR help you build that credibility more than buying Instagram ads, for example? Well, just think about it. If you see a review of a book or a restaurant in the New York Times, okay, from a critic, food critic, a book critic, you're going to be more inclined to want to try that restaurant or buy the book and read it versus seeing an advertisement in the New York Times. So it's really that simple. You're getting somebody that is objective and somebody that doesn't really know too much about your business and getting a positive review or getting a review, it's going to attract that many more potential customers. And also it's going to make you that much more credible in the eyes of potential customers and existing customers. Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously, you know, PR can't really be the only thing that you're doing to generate leads, but if somebody is looking to scale their business, maybe they're launching a new program or launching a new service. Talk a little bit about how you'd want to sort of structure PR around that launch in terms of strategy and timing. So you can't use PR to generate sales. It cannot be used to generate sales. It can be used as a supplement to other marketing strategies but it should really be used for brand building and getting that credible piece of building your thought leadership. If you want to make sales, you're going to have to have an integrated approach. So you know what? You may have to have ads. You may have to have influencers. You may have to have an email newsletter, you know, and a nurture sequence and all these other things that actually make people go from stranger to customer. It's really that simple. Yeah. I totally get that. And so when people are sort of like, let's say a launch is six months from now, when would you recommend is a good time for people to bring on a PR firm? Well, if you want to get into long lead media, then you need to start as soon as possible. I would say as soon as six months out, because you know, those books close months in advance. But if you're looking at a digital and podcast strategy and television, you know, I would say maybe like, six to 12 weeks before the launch, you would really want to start building your PR strategy and then start the execution. I would say maybe like eight to 10 weeks before whatever it is you're launching launches. Yeah. And so when you're working with your service-based businesses to put together a PR strategy, whether it's for a launch or just sort of in general to help build credibility. Are there specific things that you recommend that everyone go after? Are, are you know strategies more tailored to the specific business and what they're trying to do and their goals? Well, I think the practice of PR is a strategy. I think that you're talking about more of a tactical approach. The different types of media that you go after and what your messages are, that's kind of more of what the tactical side looks like. And yeah, it is very important to define where your message can fit and with what different publication, right? Something that you end up pitching to Glamour probably isn't going to end up fitting into a pitch at the New York Times. So you just have to be smart. You have to know your beat editors, your industry editors, where your story can fit in business media, news media, you know, and all these different types of media. And all that starts with developing your PR strategy. So, and I think that so many people get tactics and strategies mixed up. 
you know, and they think that pitching five different editors or five different journalists or television producers, that is the strategy. That is not the strategy. The strategy includes your objectives, your goals, your target audiences, the strategy, obviously, that you're going to use, and then what that tactical timeline and time frame looks like. And that's the best nugget of advice or insight that I can share with your audiences. You know, you want to make sure that you differentiate between your strategies and tactics. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And so when people are sort of starting to come up with those strategies, do you have any tips if someone is brand new to PR, maybe they don't have the budget to hire somebody or they just want to try doing it on their own? What tips do you have for getting started with developing that strategy? So find out what makes you newsworthy, what makes you credible, why the media should end up covering you over everybody else out there, what you have to offer. Make sure that each pitch that you send out is tailored to meet the tone and the style of publication that you're pitching, but you also want it to be concise. And I know that seems so overwhelming. I remember like initially when I first started email pitching, I mean, my pitches could be like a thousand words. Now they're like a hundred. You need to be as clear and concise as you possibly can be in the shortest number of words. So newsworthiness, credibility, why, and also figure out the right editors to pitch. If you have a tech story, don't pitch the beauty editor unless it's a beauty tech story, you know? And with the internet, social media, Google, LinkedIn, it's so easy to find out who these people are and what beats they cover. Yeah. And so I'm about a decade behind since I've worked in PR, but (laughs) are press releases out now? Press releases are no longer a thing? Yeah. I mean, they're fine to send over the wire. Okay. But I would never recommend blanket pitching the media. I mean, I write for Forbes and Inc. and Entrepreneur and now Fast Company. And I got to tell you, to my PR email address, I get pitches that have nothing to do with what I cover. I mean, I get stuff on pharma. I get stuff on data analytics. And very seldom do I write about data analytics. I mean, I practice it very heavily in my agency, but I very seldom write about it. So you need to be smart and you cannot blanket pitch. Don't send one press release out to a thousand different media because it's not a numbers game. Quality trumps quantity. And that's all I can say. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, I think it's just so interesting how things evolve because I guess, you know, now people are so inundated. You know, previously, even even a decade ago, it's like, you know, social media wasn't as big as it was. Even email, you know, was used, but you weren't like coming home to 150 emails every single day. And so that's good to know. I need to like mentally update that like press releases are no longer like the main way that you just send everything out now. So that's good. Not unless you're announcing the launch of a mascara and you want to send it over the wire. I really just don't see press releases to be that effective anymore. You know, the very short, concise, tight, benefit-driven pitch. Yeah. That's what works, you know, in my 15 years of experience. (laughs) Yeah, that's good to know. I'll definitely put a note in my mind to mentally update. And so I know you also created Fem Founder. Talk a little bit about how that supports your firm. Yeah. So Femme Founder started off as just a blog, you know, that had like five readers. (laughs) 
and now it's a fully integrated media company. But over the last five years, we've been able to build a brand significantly and get traffic and build a huge email list and be able to sell products primarily through elevating the voices of underrepresented segments of the population. You know, so we interview minorities, female entrepreneurs, anybody that has a really cool story to tell that our readers are going to be able to get something out of it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so what kinds of resources can people find on FemFounder? Pretty much anything that relates to PR and digital marketing, being a female entrepreneur, have a couple of posts on how to balance work and life, but it's generally more business planning, digital marketing, and PR based. You know, And then, like I said, we have some digital downloads, a PR course, which I launched a couple of years ago, which is evergreen. So people could come in at any point, complete the work whenever they want. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so as we wrap up here, I always love to ask every guest, what's the best piece of advice that you received? God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. You know, my father used to say that all the time and I would just laugh and laugh. And I got to tell you, I mean, I just think it is such a valuable piece of information, you know, listen twice as much as you talk. And that's, yeah, just don't be a know-it-all because you don't know it all. Nobody knows it all. You know, every day you're consistently learning and trying to become a better entrepreneur, get better clients, more customers, whatever it is. So listen to those who have done it. Yeah. Being an entrepreneur and being a part of this community, there's always something to learn. There's always someone doing it better than you. So yeah, definitely love that advice. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to work with you? So I have bunch of websites, but the two main ones are marque.company, not .co. So M-A-R-Q-U-E-T dot company and then femfounder.co. Perfect. And we'll link to those in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.